0: Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius, it's uh, December 16th, 2023, just thought I'd check in with a brief podcast here, just uh, some things I've been thinking about recently. It's funny how you often have time to think about little incidents that happened when you were a kid, when you get older, and these lessons that may have uh, remained trapped in the the mind's subterranean regions suddenly surface. Here and there, in unexpected ways. But anyway, I thought I'd make this podcast about the fix. The fix is in. Sometimes the fix is in. Sometimes the game is rigged, and we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about what I mean by that, and uh, you know how to handle situations like that when you're you're part of something that is essentially a rigged outcome. What do you do? Do you play ball? Do you not play ball? How do you maintain your dignity? How do you? push on through and keep on going and keep the morale up there are ways there are ways to do things so let me start out by just relating a little bit of an anecdote here and bear with me as I go back far in time to a time when I was I think probably about 12 or 13 years old it would have been in the late 70s I was born in 68 so this would have been you know the late 70s um, you know Nineteen eighty, somewhere around there, um, but anyway, this is the story. You know, in those days, it was common for parents to send during the summers to send. And I grew up in southeastern Massachusetts, and uh, it was common for parents, you know, even you know, middle class, lower middle class, uh, to send their kids to uh, summer camps. You know, these YMCA summer camps. Uh, you know, to do things. You know, like uh, activities. Uh, uh, you know, uh, playing sports, swimming, sailing boats if you're by the ocean. And uh, in those days, that was a really, really good time to be a kid. I think the early 80s was a great time to be a young kid because it was before this era of just, you know, hyper competitive. Um, let's send the kid to computer camp and let's turn the kid into a nerd or whatever. The camps in those days were all like physical activities. They were just sports, games, sports. You know, uh you know uh, a- any sort of game you can imagine, you know baseball, basketball, soccer, swimming, sailing, um, archery, riflery, um, you know they'd have sleepovers and you could they'd play games like capture the flag where kids would stay out all night and I mean just almost in some ways kind of um, martial training for for young men and it was really good because you know the boys and the girls were kept separate, you know, so there wasn't any of that bullshit that you see nowadays. And it was also the era before this just obsession with about liability and, you know, don't touch me. And, you know, if I get a if I get a hangnail, I'm going to sue somebody. There was just none of that. And also what was good was the, the summer camps were affordable. You know, for nowadays, they're just they're just insanely expensive and they pamper these kids. But, you know, they would you know, they just have a bus. Pick kids up. You'd have to go to a certain spot. You get on a bus. You go to the camp. You spend the day there. You, the bus drives you back, and you you come home. It's it's it was it's a pretty uh, you know standard routine, and and most importantly for young families, for young couples, it was affordable. So I was in this camp. It was basically a YMCA run camp, and you know you're what's great is you you get to a chance to to mix with with uh, kids of all nationalities and backgrounds and, and income levels and socioeconomic. And we didn't think anything of it at the time, you know, which is good. You know, you'd have kids from urban areas, r- semi-rural areas, small towns, all, all that type of thing. So anyway, that's the, sort of the background here. But I remember once that there was, a, uh, there was an event, a competition they, they had there, and it was the, called the Egg Toss. So you may have heard of this, the Egg Toss. And this is a game, or was a game, where you'd have a line of kids, a line of people, like a, a row, like a, two two rows of people lined up together, spaced just a few paces apart, and they would toss an egg, a raw egg, in the shell back and forth to each other. And then they would, you'd make, you'd complete the toss, and then each each person would take a step back. And so what you had was a line, a two, two parallel lines of egg tossers uh, getting progressively farther and farther apart. And as you can imagine, the goal, the winner, would be he who could uh, make the toss from the longest distance, from the furthest distance. So you'd have, uh, you know, and, and what would happen is, you know, you'd, you'd uh, toss the egg. You have to, you'd have to catch it in such a way that it absorbed the force of the, the projectile. And then you'd have to be able to throw it or toss it accurately to your partner, so that he could catch it with the same level of dexterity and, um, you know, care for not smashing the shell. So the the two the two uh, lines would get farther and farther apart, and uh, I was paired up with this <laughs> this this kid. Um, You know, and he was from an urban area. He was a really, really funny guy. Uh, And it's funny, after all these years, I still remember the guy's name. His name was Senio. Senio. I have no idea if that was his first name or his last name because everybody just called him Senio. It was common in those days for kids to be called by their last names as well as their first names. So I I can't be sure if it was a first or last name. I think he was a Cape Verdean. I think he was of Cape Verdean ancestry. But he was a dark-skinned kid. Very funny kid. Everybody liked him, and um, you know, we we did the egg toss, and we got, you know, the lines got farther and farther apart. Everybody dropped out, and pretty soon it was only me and Senio, and this other these other competitors. And ultimately, you know, uh, we won. We won the we won the egg toss competition. It was a big deal. At least for in those you know for the for a kid when you're a 13 year old kid or a 12 year old kid it's a big deal, so you're you're proud of yourself, and um, you know this guy Senio was just just thought of something else. He was a funny guy. You know he would people would call call out to him and say, "Hey Senio," and his response would be what do you? <laughs> so that, that's how he would kind of riff off his name, you know. But anyway, we, uh, we won the egg toss, and so we were very happy. And, you know, the, this camp, I think at the end of the week or I think at the end of the month, I can't remember if it was every two weeks. Maybe it was every two weeks. They published like a little newsletter, a one- or two-page little broadside to announce, you know, current updates and events for the camp. And uh, they had the egg toss competition on there. And, of course, our names were not on it, me and Senio's names, uh, were not on it they had the name of some uh, of the of one of our comp- uh, of this competitor who were basically brown nosers and ass kissers they looked like they were connected with the camp counselors somehow so we got robbed you know they uh, we won we won the event we won the egg toss but we didn't get any credit for it got no credit for it at all and um, you know I remember old uh, Senio uh, came up to me he saw me he came up to me and he said exactly, I'll never forget he said it exactly and he had these thick glasses too he's a good guy big guy big kid and he, um, he he sees me on on one of the the the, the uh, you know one of the uh, the fields and he sees me in the justice he goes yo George yo George man they ripped us off it's exactly like that, and he's holding the uh, the newsletter in his hand. and He's pointing to it, and he's really, really pissed off. And I said to him, "Yeah, man, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. You know, we we won that thing fair and square, and you know, uh, I don't like it any more than you do." And he was just—he was really pissed off. But there's nothing we could do because when the fix is in, the fix is in, and it's the the the, the announcement's already been printed. Uh, looking back now we probably should have i don't know freaking done a freaking protest or something but whatever when you're a kid you don't know any better um so anyway you know that incident the fact that that instance has stayed with me for what 40 years or however long it's been says that things like that matter when you're a kid you think about stuff you little injustices like that they uh they're seared in your memory let's put it that way. Now we're we're relating this anecdote in a funny way. It's a it's a funny funny story, but the point is that I remembered it, and I would not have remembered it if it did not penetrate my consciousness in some uh, significant way. Because kids have an innate sense of justice. Kids know when they're being wronged. They know when the deck is stacked against somebody. They know when the game is rigged, and they know when the fix is in. They know it. They just know it. Whether they can do anything about it is a a different story, but they know it. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is sometimes in life, the fix is in. And as you get older, you're going to see, if you haven't already seen, that in many arenas of life, it is really not a level playing field. We like to think it is. We like to say it is. We like to pretend it is, maybe for our own mental equilibrium. But the reality is that it's not. Not everybody is starting from the same um, starting gate. Some kids, some students, some people, some competitors have advantages. They either have uh, relatives that they don't tell you about or they have uh, financial resource they don't tell you about or they have friends that are pulling the strings behind the scenes in their favor or they have some other advantage, okay? And very often the fix is in very often the fix is in. I remember reading once that um, one of the ways that the the, uh, Al Capone gang would rig dog races back in the day when Capone ran Chicago was they would decide which dog they wanted to win and then they would feed all of the other dogs before the race. So all the other dogs would have sort of heavy stomachs and the one that um, they wanted to win would not be given any food. Kind of a cunning little ruse there but Anyway, you know the the uh, incidents incidents like that really uh, strike one as significant in one's life because there are many little injustices that kids notice, and they don't they internalize them. They don't really uh, have the resources or the sophistication to fight back, but they're there. and And very often in life, you're going to see that the fix is in. You know, social media is not a fair game. Uh, Certain accounts are signal-boosted and amplified and favored, and certain accounts are not. Uh, Competition for jobs is not a level playing field, is not a fair game. Certain people are given preferences. Certain people are given advantages. Certain people are given deferences, and others are not. As competition for mates or resources or, or living spaces or anything, there is very rarely you'll find a level playing fields. So this being the case, this being the case, what do you do? what is what does a prudent uh, intelligent individual do, considering that these realities exist in the world? Well, the what I would argue is you can't spend your life obsessing about this stuff. You can't worry about it. because if you worry about every single, potentially rigged game or fixed outcome you're never going to do anything you're going to adopt a defeatist attitude you're going to adopt the attitude well well why even bother to make the effort right you know everything is rigged against me the game is rigged so why should i even bother and this is a loser attitude this is what a dirtbag a dork a dunce will do is use these things as excuses not to not to try you have an obligation as a man to put in your best efforts, always, not some of the time, not 80% of the time, not 90% of the time, but always. You always have to give a max effort. Because even when the game is rigged, and everybody knows it's rigged, people innately have a sense of justice, and other people will notice. Sooner or later, the cream will always rise to the top. Sooner or later, it always will. And shit will always sink to the bottom. It may take time, it may take years, it may take generations, it may take decades. In some cases, it even takes centuries. But sooner or later, the good will out and the bad will be revealed for what it is. So that really, I think, is the ultimate lesson of the egg toss story is that you have to keep on going. You can't dwell on the injustices of the past. You can't dwell on the hurts of the past. You have to keep going. You have to keep crunching. You have to keep blasting. And you have to acquit yourself favorably in every field of endeavor. Because if you're a rollover artist, or a collapser, or a quitter, or a give up artist, or a chicken shit, people are gonna know. They're going to see that. And that you will never escape from. So let this be the, uh, I think, the point of the story, which is even if the game is rigged, you can't worry about that. All you can do is make your best showing. And it may take time. It may take longer in some cases. It may take shorter in other cases. Uh, But in time, that which is good, that which has merit, that which is uh, worthy of distinction will be recognized as such. So, you guys take care. I'm Quintus Curtius, and we will talk soon.